Mukul Bhatia, who's an award-winning photographer and a designer. I literally stalked him on Instagram and got him to do this show. I would describe him as this nomad. Uh, let's see how he would like to describe himself. Give me three words to describe yourself. I'm definitely nomadic, so first is nomadic. I'm always right. <laughs> yes. Uh, happy and a bit magical, I guess. Magical? Yeah, I love magic. Yeah, yeah I believe in unicorns, so I can write. I, I, I have friends with unicorns, so. Yeah? Yeah, I got some friends. So cool with that. Uh, but uh, how would your mother describe you? Uh, I'm happy, friendly, my mother describes me as a rebellious little soul who's got a lot of dreams, and I try to make sure that those dreams are realized. So she's always like, stay at home, but I would never stay at home. So she's not really completely happy about my sense of nomadism or sense of right. ambition, but at the same time, she's happy that I'm happy for it. So, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, let's talk about humble beginnings, you know. We all have that one moment in life uh, that changes everything for yeah. us. Uh, what was your journey like? Um, I come from a very protected family in terms of like I have a large family and at the same time I grew up in completely outskirts of Delhi but there was no sense of art or self-expression, nothing whatsoever and I was always like the imaginary creative type. I was the loner kid who would write his diaries, be away and like just, just read a lot more than most people would actually read. At that age? At a very young age. Okay. I used to write poetry at eight. So I was just wow. like, yeah, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with my life. There were too many things and I need to... Would do... you remember any of those? Well, the poetry? Yeah. I would have them written down in my diaries. I had a bundle of like volumes of diaries. Wow. So yeah, uh, I would wanted to be so many different things. I wanted to be a filmmaker, a photographer. So right after passing with my first graduation degree, I ended up doing journalism. So I did a uh, master in journalism and started traveling all across the country, which was my first self-funded travel, which was kind of like the beginning of where this all crazy nomadism and this writing a book. The, every idea is basically a small microcosm of that one single travel that I took. So yeah, I think that one seven month travel all across the country to some of the most wildest places wow. was the one, yeah. So what was the first job that you ever got paid for? Ooh, good one. Um, I started really early, it was 16, and I was working for an agency as a copywriter. As a coffee writer? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, you did take your poetry seriously. Yes, I did. Point. Of course. So who have been your uh, biggest role models and influencers, personally and professionally? That's a really good one. Bjork, for sure. Uh, I love the music of Bjork. I think she has this sense of, again, this um, kind of anarchic, kind of rebellious, at the same time, very poetic. She, she, she describes things the way they are and how they feel instead of what the world expects or wants it to be. It's real, at the same time, it's also got this surrealism to it, you know, and I really enjoy that. I feel like communication language is definitely a small barrier point of what you want to express, right. but there are so many different things, and Bjork is able to interpret that and convey that through her music. So, totally. Bjork, for sure. And uh, what has been your most prized accomplishment to date? Mm. I think my first ever travel across the world in 2015, like I never stepped out of India and I got a grant with Marip in Singapore to basically cover this archaeological project I'm working on called Romantic Origins. So I ended up doing 24 countries in seven months. 24 countries in seven months? Yes, I was just moving around, living in random people's homes. Literally living out of your suitcase. And I'm living in people's homes. Oh, Couple of wow. strangers, uh, my post got viral, and people posted me all across the world, and I'm just literally having dinner with a Catholic family in Holland. Wow. And later, I'm in, 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 in Iran, and it's just like, it's been crazy. So, yeah. so uh, what has been the one uh, small act of kindness that uh, you would never forget? 
Okay, this is a good one, really good one. Um, I was in Paris and uh, I was passing through the metro and I think I love this community-oriented vibe happening in Paris. So uh, one guy just saw me and I was trying to access my ticket through the metro and this man just like says, do you want to come in there? And everybody just kind of like warns you that Paris is this, that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I found so much kindness in Paris and there were two people who backed me up and the doors got closed and at the same time they entered their own ticket and to get me smuggled out. Oh. I mean, I had my own ticket, but just the idea of doing this and having a good story to tell your, you know, your, your friends back home, so definitely that. Since you've traveled so much and you know, you've, you've always been a rebellious child, what was the biggest hurdle that you overcame in the recent times? Hmm, interesting. Um, I think it's always challenging in terms of like coming from where I come from to doing what I'm doing. There are totally different kind of roles that you have to do. Like for example, just trying to figure out my way to the studio was so different because it's literally my fourth flight in the last 40 hours. And I'm hopping from one country to one city. And it sounds very exciting and amazing on Instagram, but at the same time there's a lot of logistics that go beyond it. Yeah, but it's okay. Tiring is okay. Yeah, I like challenges. Um, just, but the, the, the social norms of every city changes, you know, like uh, when I was in Delhi, it was a different thing. In Sri Lanka, people are a lot more warmer, but to figure out in these buildings as to where I have to go was so challenging. <laughs> so corporate. It was, it's so corporate. At the same time, there's so many people and there are no like sense of signages of like what to do, where to go. You know, it's, it's just different as such. So to figure out stuff, especially the first two days, is quite a challenge. But you certainly have a curious mind, so that yeah. keeps you fueled but I also, time. But I also take a lot of, like, I'm very sensitive to information, mm -hmm. so I take a lot of information, yeah, I absorb a lot. Lovely. Let's talk about life as you know it now. Um, you know, you've been uh, doing a lot of uh, things with your work, but what's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? Oh my god, I'm always working, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm always working. You know? um, it has to be something to do with when you're not working. I love wool gathering. I feel like I'm traveling all the time. At the same time, you're in new spaces, meeting new people. They're really exciting at the same time. I'm more of a countryside kind of boy than a big city person. So um, I love this uh, music of Nicholas Jar. So I usually take my headphones and take long walks in different cities and just feel very grateful because I get to, the walking is definitely something that drives my creativity the most. So taking long walks in different spaces and listening to his music has just been so like, it's like my brainstorming session is also kind of productive. But it's still nice. It's just like doing nothing, but it's yeah. having fun with it. So, where do you feel is the best place for uh, people in your industry to you know, get started and get to work? I don't know as such as to uh, if people would want to narrow down an industry that I work with. But I think that any creative as such who wants to start. Uh, has to simply start. Like I think that there's too many uh, mental questions of if they will succeed or not. I think failure is a very important part of your any kind of existence, not just creative career, but any career. So I think get out of your house, get out of your thinking zone, face your challenges, get out of your comfort zone, and just do it. Don't yeah. think, you know. Like, yeah. You see the first step, and then you know it. It's goes. usually the first step, and if you take the first step, think the next two, and then you're sorted. Right. So yeah. yeah. I totally relate to that because I kind of did that. I'm sure. Uh, when you feel uh, you get your best work done, what is that one space where you're the most creative? Mountains. I love the mountains. They are everywhere possible. Not at all. No. I love the beach. I love the seafood. But I'm really not a beach person as much as a mountain person. I think mountains just calm me down at the same time. It's just, it's just, it's very grounding, especially the Indian Himalayas. It grounds me a lot. And at the same time, 
I love cultures that are different. I, I, I explore a lot of shamanism in my work, a lot of nomadic cultures, so mountains always have these stories that are unheard of. I want to tell a story. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was in Sapa, Vietnam, in the Tokenese Alps of Vietnam. Have you been? No, I haven't. It's all right. You have to go there. It's amazing. Um, and I was working with the Hmong tribes. He said that he has to take me to Vietnam, Cambodia. Mongolia is amazing too. That's all this is in Vietnam. Perfect. So Vietnam was an amazing travel as such. Like we were going all the way from Ho Chi Minh until the north. And then Sapa was like this another mystical land. It's very touristic as per se. And then you enter these villages where people practice a lot of shamanism and there's a lot of missionaries trying to convert people to Christianity. But at the same time, they kind of take the money and still practice shamanism, which is fun. So I was living with this family, uh and family, that was her name, and she had like um, these amazing family of like six people, and uh, we ended up living there. I didn't know their language, I didn't know what they were saying, but at the same time there was a sense of I belonged. Right. And uh, they would have these amazing tribal sham ceremonies. Like I once saw this ritual of cleansing of some guy who was basically possessed as per se. And it was really intense. I could literally see the shaman woman chanting and like rubbing bells and stuff. And it was really intense. So you could feel the vibe growing. At the moment that stops and she opens her eyes and she's like, how are you guys doing? Like she's actually like speaking English. She's a different person. And she's just like talking. Like she's actually in English. And she's like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, you just did this really crazy ceremony. And now you're just like, Okay, sure. And then we later had um, the sushi, like a homemade sushi that I made over there with rice because there's nothing over there. So yeah, that, that story for sure. Go to go to Sapa, go to Vietnam right now. Wow. So w what is the best part of your each day? Like, what do you look forward to? Um, depends, you know. So like, I really love pace. I really love having this sense of, uh, like for example, yesterday I was at this place in Delhi, before that I was in Chennai, just people that in Sri Lanka. So this sense of like movement and the sense of like unpredictability of the day. Like I don't know what I'm doing in four hours now. Like I know what I'm doing tomorrow morning, but at the same time I have my calendar. But between those calendars, there's so many different things that you know you can fit into creatively. That sense of uncertainty, I really enjoy. And, and, and I think you're more of a person who'd like to go with the flow and explore as things come. For sure. Okay. So Very that, that can be like a great uh, thing to look forward to every day. For sure. Uh, but what are the kind of things that uh, influence your work when you draw your inspiration from? I think stories and people. Uh, people are very important to me at the same time. Like I feel like there's a lot talked about in terms of portraiture and in terms of like, but I feel that people have stories. And when I say people, I don't mean like remarkably amazing artists. So, like they're also great. But I think every individual has a story and they, they, they kind of carry this past of amazingness and no matter how they think of themselves or most people or the world would think that they're not glamorous or whatever but I think everyone goes through these hurdles and challenges and that makes them stronger. And they're real. And they're real and, and they've seen so much and, and I'm always surprised having worked and lived with people from different economies, different cultures, different tribes. It's just surprising how much uh, people learn through lives and I'm saying everyone and they think it's not substantial, but when you really listen to it in detail, like their struggles, that is why I think a lot. So from being so real and being a journalist to now uh, owning a fashion label, what has that journey of contrast been like? So you know what, actually, you really research <laughs> well. I do, I stalked you. Okay, you really research well. I stalked you. 
um, I do a couple of things. So I work with artists across the country, which is sustainable. It's more like documentation than journalism. I've done journalism in the past. It was in the war area of Kashmir. But I feel like uh, I personally think that there's a lot to express, and it could be not just in one medium. It couldn't be just songs or anything, but it could be through clothes, through identity. And I always travel to these amazing tribes, and I try to learn and inspire from them. And uh, what I'm trying to do is, like, being an Indian designer, there's literally nothing out there which I would say is, like, the Indian design in the Western, per se. Like, in terms of, like, the motifs and stuff, it's amazing in Rajasthan. But there's no, like, modern interpretation of it. Yeah. So my company, Ravi Collective, which has been operational since the last five years now, is basically uh, indigenous designers and indigenous artists creating something that's unique. It's made to hands, it's tailored to perfection, and uh, it's something that that is very volatile and I've actually owned it. It's the first time I've actually told about it because right. I, I usually keep it away from what I usually do. But yeah, it's, it's part of the creative process that I do in my photos or in my text. Uh, it's the same goes in my clothes. Yeah. So what is that creative process? Like there are a lot of designers out there who, you know, get stuck at time and they're looking for inspiration and all these creative blocks. So how do you like, what is your technique or your process of design? Creative blocks are a real thing and they are yeah. messy. <laughs> They're really messy. Um, I particularly think that I, I, I like, as I said, talking to new people and being in new cities definitely charges my creativity. You're always on the lookout of new information and new things, new motifs that inspire you to create something that's better than already out there. Uh, but as such for creative blocks, I think that I do like based in movement. Like, I tried this myself to not travel for two months. It sounds not that big, but like, for me, it was very challenging to just be in one space and try Somebody to work. Somebody who's traveling for like, what, 10 months a year? 10 and a half months a year since last, since 2012. So it's been six months now. Wow. That's, that's great. Yeah. So I think getting out of your comfort zone, that definitely pushes you to do things. Perfect. So, uh, tell us uh, more about how being a nomadic has been and uh, the origins of it, basically. Yeah. Okay, it's good that you say that because my project is called Nomadic Origins. Uh, it's an anthropology of uh, modern nomads that's traveled to... Based at my It's traveled to 41 countries so far and it's just been like a crazy adventure because um, my first ever travel that I did on my own, that's seven month travel, I was living with the Kalbalia dancers in the desert, in the Jaisalmer. So it was just like... Waking up to stories of wilderness, like I know this one woman who basically walked on foot to Paris and came back. She does not know English, she does not know French, she's a Kalbalia dancer with very limited funds, but her love for travel wanted to do things, and I was like, hell yes, I want to like evolve around this subject. And I ended up meeting, like nomadism as its true form is considered like a tribe or a particular thing, but right now I see so many interesting people, I think the most amazing people are travelers. Because they have so many stories to tell their grandchildren or their yeah. friends and like I aspire to be them. So it's kind of like a learning process of a thing. So when I wanted to make something that I truly loved, like Steve Jobs says, invent your job, I started this book. Um, and it's, it's a moving project. Um, it's, 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 it's all about travels and their stories and it works on issues like gender, issues like sustainability, issues that are truly private. At the same time, something that needs to be addressed. It's very intimate. And uh, it's, it's challenging because it's always revolving and moving. And you have to also have to manage your other commercial tasks or work. But so it's a digital uh, book as of now? Um, there's also a hard copy, but it's only launched in Singapore. But it would be eventually out as well as a global wow. launch. I can't company. wait for it. Yeah, I'm putting the digital link in the Definitely on. Awesome. For all of them to you know, have a look at it. Please let me know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, 
game uh, that I like to call If Not This Then That. Oh. And uh, it's my own version of rapid fire, so you have That's to be like, awesome. really scary at the same quick time. with answers, okay. like really quick, okay? I'm not giving you any time. Good to go? Yes, a lot of pressure, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> my first question is, if you were not doing what you're doing today, then what career would you like to pursue? Mm -hmm. I would have a momo stall in Manali. Momo stall? <laughs> yes, I'll be travelers anyway and serve them hot momos. I might be there serving momos. So. Let's catch up. <laughs> If you could be anyone other than yourself, uh, who would you like to be? Mm, definitely Bjork. Yeah. She's the music. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mind. The mind. Yeah, it's a beautiful mind. Would like to like literally go inside the mind. Yeah, for sure. If you didn't know how old you actually are, then what age would you say you are? Interesting. I think I'm uh, 21. Yeah, I thought you were an old soul. I was, and then it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a younger one. <laughs> Okay, my next question is, if you were not human, then what would you like to be? A cat. Okay. Yeah, they're very sensual. They love their space. They love loving. Is it really interesting? The no, they're not. No. Coastal cats are nice. Uh, <laughs> and I'm they don't do much. I mean, I love dogs as well. But yeah. I've had a dog. But I think they really demand a lot of attention. I mean, I like that. I think that. everybody just wants that. Like. No, cats don't. Cats love their space. Yeah, I like so their the, sense the, of self-loving. You're the 10% population. Perhaps, maybe. <laughs> if you were not living in this time period, then what time period would you be living in? Uh, I'd either go futurism, like 50 years down, or I would go back in the past. I think I would be in India before independence. India before independence? Why? Yes. Because it was beautiful. I think it was artistically and the design-wise, the whole, like, right now we go to these colonial spaces and they're all like... Yeah. Kind of like a Wes Anderson reminiscence, you know what I mean? Like, I would really love to see it just for the heck of seeing it as to how it was over there. Yeah, we were so naked together. For sure. So, you know, that's a good space. Yeah. If you were not currently living in India, then where would you like to live? It's amazing. Mm. I think I'd live in Kathmandu. Kathmandu. Yeah, it's like India, but at the same time, the ones that was before globalization. Right. So it's got this whole magical realism, the temples, the chaos. The entire heritage. Everything. Like I just love the food as well over there. It's so beautiful. Definitely one of my favorite cities in the world. Great, you did amazing. Uh, yeah, I passed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting any hampers. Oh no. So, yeah. I can take this month. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like, you're getting another month though. Nice. Let's talk about the future and what's next because that kind of excites me. Uh, what are some of your personal and professional goals that you'd like to achieve? I think I'm trying to really narrow down to say that I want to enjoy every single bit of my profession. I think my profession has been so surprising. Like I did not know I would be doing sustainable fashion when I was in the war in Kashmir, you know what I mean? So I feel like there's so many unfoldings happening across my profession and I'm really excited about what next, you know? I don't know myself, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's, that's the, the challenging and the best part. part. Yeah. 29 and I don't know what's going to happen. It's great so far, it's a party and I hope the party <laughs> just gets better. It, it gets better, trust me. What's one thing you would like to learn, like a new thing you would like to go and try? I would love to learn Japanese because I want to live there for a while and it's impossible to get a job there without like knowing Japanese because no one speaks Japanese English, so yeah, Japanese. And what would your dream project be? I'm already on it, nomadic origins, you know, traveling with the, with the, with the nomads, living with them and actually covering their story. That's, 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 that's a lifelong thing, like you can always keep doing that, you know, it's never ending. It's an ongoing project it's, for life. Yeah, it's yeah. a project for life. That's such a cool thing. <laughs> so, as the show is called Let's Talk, who is that one person you would like to have this conversation with? 
Steve Jobs, for sure. Um, he's been an inspiration. He's been doing crazy stuff at the same time, not giving in. Like, he's not just another, he's not just Techie another guy. Microsoft. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He did his own thing. He was the hippie. At the same time, he was a billionaire. So he definitely was contradictory in his own sense of yeah, belief system. Super interesting. Yeah. It was great talking to you. Same, likewise, and, uh, Yeah, I would like to leave you with the signature question. Okay. Uh, what is that one subject or issue that uh, you think people should be talking about more? Especially in India, I think gender, because I think there's a massive patriarchal voice that's going on. And most people think that patriarchy is against women, but it's just against everyone. You know what I mean? Being heavy as an Indian male is not something that's enjoyable, even for men. But at the same time, no one talks about it. Everybody thinks that this is this is the idea of what's right and what's wrong. But gender could be so like so so uh, important as a subject. At the same time, so interesting. It's not something that. Uh, needs a lot of, uh, it's not rocket science, but it's just years and years of conditioning that has made us to think that men should be men and women should be women, but anybody could be whatever the hell they want to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I think gender would be a good subject to start with, but there's so many other subjects. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I think gender is a great threat to uh, start a conversation. For sure, yeah. I know that you keep traveling a lot, but whenever you're in Bombay, oh. the A has been gracious enough to Thank give you, you an access card. Uh, they have a spa, they have a Oh my God. They have meeting rooms, they have a bistro, you can work out of this space for a day. That's amazing. And I'm sure you'd love this. I love it already. Thank you so much. <laughs>